the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me today. I hope your week went well, and I'm, I'm really glad that you are joining in today when we can maybe start our week out well, because, you know, there really is a lot going on in our world right now, and lots of feelings, and people are having big feelings, really big feelings, and, you know, then when people have feelings, then we end up having feelings about their feelings, and then they have more feelings, and then we have more feelings, and my goodness, it's just feelings everywhere. And so I, I titled, entitled this show, Feelings, Nothing More Than Feelings, and I thought it would just be a good time to talk about feelings. I mean, man, we can't get away from them, right? And we can't always seem to control them, and we certainly can't necessarily choose what feelings we have. And so I don't want you to feel like you're a victim to your own feelings. And so I came across this, um, this, this devotional, and it's from a devotional book that I read probably all the time, and I've done it for years. And it's a daily devotional. It's called Streams in the Desert by a woman named L.B. Kalman. And I think it was written in about the 1920s. So it's really fascinating to see how appropriate her insights are and the things that God gave her as she was just trying to get through a very difficult time in her life. And so I want to read it to you because it really spoke to me today and, and encouraged me about this show today. So this is um, September 26th in the book Streams in the Desert. And it says, We live by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. As believers, we live by faith, not by sight. 
God never wants us to live by our feelings. Our inner self may want to live by feelings, and Satan may want us to want us to live by feelings, but God wants us to face the facts, not feelings. He wants us to face the facts of Christ, his finished and perfect work in us. And once we face these precious facts and believe them simply because God said they are facts, he helps to care about our feelings because he does take care of our feelings. And yet God never gives us feelings to enable or encourage us to trust him. I sometimes wish he would, don't you? You know, maybe just kind of, God, could you just increase my faith by doing a big miracle in front of me and then I would believe in you? And see, he never gives them to show us that we've already completely trusted him. God only gives us feelings when he sees that we trust him apart from our feelings. Now think about that. If God is a relational God and we're made in his image, don't you feel honored and respected if somebody trusts you, even if they're having uncomfortable feelings about you? That they can ground themselves in saying, yeah, I, I'm not sure what that person, what, what they're doing right now. I don't agree with what they're doing. I don't like what they're doing. I don't like how I'm feeling around them. But I have good history with them. I trust them. And so God wants us to rest solely on his word and his faithfulness to his promises. And these feelings that can only come from him will be given at such a time and to such a degree as, he, as his love sees best for each individual circumstance. Therefore, we must choose between facing our feelings or facing the facts of God. Our feelings may be uncertain and changing as the sea or shifting sand. God's facts, however, are constant And they are as certain as the rock of ages himself, Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. So I love this little poem. It says, when darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every strong and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. So when we think about this, It doesn't mean that God doesn't care about our feelings. See, he's a relational God. Our feelings can move him. And we're going to to talk further about this God and does God have emotions. But what God is wanting us to understand is that we can't use our feelings as fact. Now, it's a fact that we're having them. But I know you've experienced this just as much as I have, that I was sure, I felt it in my soul, I felt it so strongly. And then I came to find out that maybe it wasn't true. So, excuse me, I'm consistently talking to clients day in and day out. And I ask them this question, I say, do you believe everything you feel? Do you believe everything you think? Do you believe everything you see? And this is what's so important is that we say, you know, we, we can take that information in, but we want to try to look for the facts. The facts don't lie. And many of us, I, I'm, I'm one of them at different points in my life, have not been interested in the facts because the facts are simply the facts and they're not able to be manipulated. 
unless we present them inappropriately or dishonestly. So let's think about this question. Does God have emotions? Well, there are numerous passages of Scripture that speak of how God's, you know, emotions occur. And so we see in Psalms and Deuteronomy, we see anger, we see compassion, we see grief, we see love, we see hate, we see jealousy, we see joy in God. And we also see those emotions displayed through his son, Jesus. Excuse me. So, however, we want to ask ourselves, are God's emotions the same kind of emotions that we as humans exhibit? Is it right to think of him as, a, as emotional? I mean, does God have mood swings or something, right? So in theological circles, personhood is, is often what's defined as the state of being an into, individual with intellect, emotion, and volition. So personhood, this is also identity. Personhood is the state of being an individual with intellect, emotion, and volition. So God then is a person in that he's a personal God with a mind, emotions, and a will of his own. So to deny God's emotions are to deny that he possesses personality. We know that God is unique. He is a being. And we know we're made in his image. So when we think about this, we know that humans respond to things in this world physically. Of course, but we also respond spiritually, our soul reacts, and that's called emotions. And then we we also, the fact of emotion is one proof that God has emotions. For he created us in his image. And another proof is what we call the incarnation. That's the son of God into this world. So Jesus was not emotionless. He was not an, an emotionless automaton. He felt what we felt. He wept with those who wept. And he felt compassion for the multitude. He was moved by the people. And he even became overcome with sorrow. And through it all, he revealed the Father to us. So we've come to know God, who is transcendent. We've come to know him personally. And we've come to know him as a living God who exchanges and engages intimately with his creation. And he loves us in ways we can't even begin to fathom. So when we recognize that the demonstration of emotion doesn't alter the immutability or, you know, the permanence of God, but what it does is it shows us that God uses volition as well. He can be moved emotionally to maybe change his mind about some facts. So the fact that humans sin. And what did that fact lead him to do? Flood the entire world. But he was moved by Noah and Noah's family. And so he saved them and flooded the entire world. So this is super important to recognize that the two wonderful things concerning God and emotions is first, he understands our emotions since he created us with the capacity to feel them. We're we're created in his image. And second, his own emotions continually flow through his perfection. 
So God will never have a quote-unquote bad day. He'll never change his feelings toward us and toward his redeemed. So for God to have a bad day would mean that he was so affected by it, he sinned. So he has bad things that he sees happening day in and day out. But those things don't change his character. The way the world is moving, the way the world is acting, the thoughts that people are having, what they are doing to themselves and to each other, causes God grief and sadness and, and, and probably a lot of anger. But it doesn't move him to go against who he is. He does not deny himself. And this is important for us to recognize with our own emotions. We don't want our emotions to let us become someone we're not. We want to stay true to our identity, the way God created us originally, the original design, so that our emotions are how we experience the world and others. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me. Make sure you hang in there for the next segment as we talk more about this idea of feelings. Welcome back and good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and this is Conversations with Cynthia. If you're just tuning in, I always want to encourage you listeners to visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and all the different things we have on Instagram and Facebook. And certainly, um, you can go to all of the podcast servers and we are on those. And we also have study guides that correspond to each show. So I want you to really, truly take advantage of those things. And thank you so much for all your just, you know, support and positive, you know, thoughts and sayings that you have for me. And I really, really do appreciate that. So we are talking today about feelings. And I, I liked the idea of, you know, that song, Feelings, Nothing More Than Feelings. I thought, you know, what a great way to look at that. It doesn't mean that we're discounting feelings or minimizing them. But what we're saying is that it's nothing more than a feeling. We don't know always if it's even going to be a fact or if it's even based on facts. And so I like the idea of reminding myself, hey, this is a feeling. It's nothing more than a feeling. And a feeling comes and goes. And the more information I have, the better I practice healthy internal, you know, coping skills, the less negative feelings will affect me or, or compel me to act out on them. So we started in the last segment with, with me reading you part of a, a devotional, and it's from Streams in the Desert, which is my favorite devotional, and I've been reading it for decades, probably. I think it was written in the 1920s. And what it starts out by saying is that we live by faith, not by sight. God never wants us to make decisions based solely on our feelings. And, and it, he goes on to say, he will help take care of our feelings. He wants us, though, to face the precious facts and believe in God simply because 
he says he's God. What does that mean? It means he wants trust. And one of the biggest antidotes for dealing with negative feelings is who you trust. So if my clients can't trust me when they're having difficult feelings, then I can't help them. So I have to make sure they trust me. Do you trust yourself? Do you help yourself with feelings? Or do you just experiencing, let them going, let them go wherever they may go, act out in however way you feel compelled, and hope the feeling just ends at some point? Or do you help yourself manage the feeling? See, God doesn't give us feelings to enable or encourage us to trust him. We have feelings because we're made in his image. And so I liked the little prayer that was at the end of this devotion. And it says, when darkness, it's called when darkness veils his lovely face. And it says, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every strong and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. And I have this other devotion that I, that I have found that I really, really enjoy. And um, this is uh, Small Straw... Small Straws in a Soft Wind by Marsha Burns. And it's Faith Tabernacle. And this is what she says. I love this analogy. She said, In a vision I saw someone driving a truck loaded with trash and garbage. And I heard the Lord say, So many are carrying around worries and thoughts that have no value, which amount to trash and garbage that are not useful to anyone. It is time for you to unload that stuff and load yourself up with good things, uplifting thoughts and the truth of my word. And so Ephesians chapter 4, 17 and 18 says, This I say, therefore, and I testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. So I thought that was very, very helpful. So many people are carrying around worries and thoughts that have no value. Maybe a lot of feeling. And see, I tell clients day in and day out, feelings are kind of like cotton candy. They look very substantive, right? But you know what, what it's like to eat cotton candy. It dissolves so quickly. And, and I'm not saying that every feeling is that way. What I want you to think about is that's just how we're made. We are going to constantly be feeling something or multiple feelings all the time, even in our dreams. Because we, when we sleep, we have dreams that evoke emotions in our bodies. So you want to think about this idea of, am I just carrying around worthless things, worthless hurts and worthless ideas, worth, worthless, you know, whatever thoughts about myself that are harming me? Do I need to unload some things? So I have another devotion for you. And this is out of Jesus Calling. And I, I so appreciate that book. I don't necessarily see it as a you know, it's like a, like a, a textbook of spirituality. But the thoughts and, and the hope and the relationship this woman has with God in hearing his heart, I love many of the things that come from this little book. And so this is for 
December 11th. Today. Isn't that fascinating? So this says, I am working on your behalf. Bring me all your concerns, including your dreams. Talk with me about everything. Letting the light of my presence shine on your hopes and plans. Spend time allowing my light to infuse your dreams with life, gradually transforming them into reality. This is a very practical way of collaborating with me. I, the creator of the universe, have designed and, and deigned to co-create with you. Do not hurry this process. If you want to work with me, you have to accept my time frame. Hurry is not in my nature. That's the thing that stuck out for me. God is saying, hurry is not in my nature. Abraham and Sarah had to wait many years for the fulfillment of my promise of a son. How their long wait intensified their enjoyment of the child. So faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Perceiving as all fact what is not revealed to the senses. So I like that. I thought, you know, how interesting to maybe tell myself, maybe tell yourself, hurry is not in God's nature. He has time. He's locked us in time. We have time. And, and I frequently say to clients, the only time we don't have time is if there's blood, broken bones, nobody's breathing, or fire. Those things are emergent. We have to do something immediately. But everything else, let's let the gift of time help us to have wisdom, help us to have perseverance, to be prudent about what we're saying, about how we're thinking, and what we are eventually doing. We don't want to be controlled by our external circumstances. Affected? Absolutely. There isn't any other way to live. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about this idea of faith and feelings. Good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. And we are talking about feelings, feelings, nothing more than feelings. And that, especially Americans, but we as a culture, oh my goodness, we give so much precedent and energy to feelings and feelings are passing. You know, they kind of come and go, they ebb and flow. And so what you want to think about with feelings, we need to be very careful about believing everything we think and believing everything we feel. And I must tell this to clients daily, to not necessarily believe everything you feel because your feelings are, are quite a complex combination of how you're experiencing the moment you're in. And many times our feelings, we find out, aren't really accurate when we actually find out the facts. And so we don't discount our feelings. We don't think we're stupid for whatever feeling we had if it was, doesn't really match the truth. We honor our feelings 
And then we search for truth. We search for facts. We say, you know what? That's how I'm feeling about this person. I wonder if I should get to know them a little better and see if my feelings were an appropriate indication of who that person is. Maybe my initial interaction with that person was because on a particular day that was not a good day for them. Maybe they weren't at their best, and I ended up making a judgment about them. So maybe I need to wait and see if the facts actually support how I'm feeling. So this is a very adult behavior. This is what adults do. We take time. We let time work for us. Instead of being compelled by time, ruled by time, or trying to fight with time. And so I love this. I found this verse that I thought was pretty appropriate. And it talks about being adults. And this is, this is a Bible verse, and I'm hoping I can find it for you really quickly because I really enjoyed reading the verse. And it really, I felt like it was so appropriate to what we're talking about today. And so when we, when we are really understanding this idea of emotions needing to be supported by facts, and this is why we have to make sure that we're not making such a snap decision based on our feelings and based on what we are experiencing in that moment. That we want to give ourselves time to pause and to say, okay, I need to check this out more because if this is really true, I may have some really big decisions that I need to make. So before I do that, I want to make sure that I have all the important information I need to make a very healthy choice. So Galatians, this is chapter 3, and it's verses 26 through 28. It says, by now you have arrived at your destination. So by faith in Christ, you are in direct relationship with God. Your baptism in Christ was not just washing you up for a fresh start. It also involved dressing you in an adult faith wardrobe. I love that. Christ's life, the fulfillment of God's original promise. In Christ's family, there can be no division of Jew and non-Jew, slave and free, male and female. Among you, all are equal. And that is, we are all in common relationship with Jesus Christ. So since you're Christ's family, act accordingly. So I love that little section that said, washing you up for a fresh start and dressing you in an adult faith wardrobe. An adult faith wardrobe. What that means is I've put on the wardrobe, I've put on the robe of maturity. That means I'm able to take advantage of time. I don't have to immediately make an assumption or a judgment about something. I can say, you know, can I have a little bit of time and and maybe gather some more information? Now, that's not with every decision. Some decisions we can. They may be simple decisions that we can make a, a quick decision about it. But what I'm wanting you to think about is adults take time. They are very willing to take advantage of time and not feel compelled or pushed or pressured to make a judgment immediately. 
they're able to wait. And so when we think about <clears throat> this earlier um, little devotion that talked about this, uh, Marsha Burns, she said, I saw someone driving in a truck loaded with trash and garbage, and I heard the Lord say, so many of you are carrying around worries and thoughts that have no value, which amount to trash and garbage that are not useful to anyone. So an adult faith is able to recognize the difference between what is precious and what is trash. This is Cynthia Hyatt. Join me in the next segment. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me today. And I hope that you are, you know, encouraged and inspired by this and that you certainly send the link to your friends and, 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 and encourage them to listen. Because this is at a time in our country where, oh my goodness, people are having bigger feelings than they ever thought they might have. And they're having multiple feelings and feelings are colliding within themselves and colliding with other people. And then we're getting bigger feelings because of the way that other people are feeling. And so we're having a feeling about their feeling, right? I mean, it's just kind of exhausting right now. And it's, it's kind of scary, I know, and it's kind of disheartening. But this is where we want to make sure that our faith isn't just feeling-based. See, the feelings that we have when it comes to attaching to people, to loving people, to loving our job, loving our pets, loving, you know, our, our families, our, you know, who are our best friends, who are loving God, those things. The, the reason that God allows and has put emotions into his creation is because it makes the facts so much more enjoyable. So if the fact is I love my husband, well, if I didn't have any feelings about it, how fun would that fact be? So what God does is he wants us to enjoy the fact. And that's what feelings are intended to do. This is why we want to make sure we have the facts straight before we indulge in the feelings that result from that fact. Because so many times we have the feelings so quickly and we believe the feeling, we don't check out the facts. And we end up making a bad decision, doing something that goes against our value system, being talked into something, being talked out of something, maybe having a judgment about someone that we then have to apologize for. So this is why this is so important. This is why that verse in Galatians 3, 26 through 28, it says, Christ's life, the fulfillment of God's original promise, that what he is doing was just was not just washing you up for a fresh start. He was involved in dressing you up in adult faith. That means that we trust God. Even if things do not make sense, we trust his character. And that we don't insult him <clears throat> by thinking he doesn't know what he's doing because it doesn't match what we think should be happening. Or if we're uncomfortable, or if we're scared, if we're offended, we have to make sure that we say, you know, do I trust God or not? This isn't one of those decisions that kind of has a gray area 
once you start trusting God based on your circumstances, then every day you wake up, you're going to have to decide whether you trust him or not. Now, that doesn't work in human relationships very well. I, I, I think, wow, what if my husband had me on a contingency basis? That at the end of every day, he decided whether or not he would trust me again tomorrow because of how I did my day. And if I didn't do my day in a way that helped him or he liked or he approved of, then he wasn't going to trust me tomorrow. Can you imagine living in a relationship that was that conditional? Maybe you can. Maybe you're in one now. Maybe you've experienced one. Maybe you do that to yourself. That you only trust or care about or like yourself if you act perfectly. So adult faith, being dressed up in adult faith means I do the facts and the feelings. I honor the facts, I honor the feelings. See, when I have clients that are having irrational feelings or feelings that I know are based on untruths, if I try to talk to them too quickly about the facts, then they have more negative feelings. They don't feel supported by me. They don't feel seen by me. They don't feel that I care, that I have empathy. And they might even feel judged by me. So maybe I address the feelings first. Maybe I'm supportive encouraging. Maybe I say, you know, I can see why you'd feel that way. Or I'm very sorry you have to have this feeling. That's a terrible feeling to walk around with. I, know, I hate that you have to feel that way. Because that, that behavior helps them be stronger to face the facts. And many times that helps us untangle ourselves and get out of that very irrational feeling. So that it doesn't begin to control our life. So that, that little thing we read in Small Streams and a Small, small Straw and a Stream, that, oh gosh, I can't believe I just missed how to say that. I always mess up how to say that little devotional. Small straws in a soft wind, yes. When she talked about this vision of a trash filled with garbage and God saying, you are carrying around worries and thoughts that have no value and amount to trash and garbage. It's time to unload that stuff, load yourself up with good things, uplifting thoughts, and the truth of God's word. So Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the assurance of things you've hoped for, the absolute conviction that there are realities you've never seen. Well, what does that mean? <clears throat> Faith is the assurance of things you've hoped for. Okay, so we're believing that whatever it is that we're hoping for will happen. And our faith, what God is saying here is faith assures us of that. So this is the little key here. What is your faith in? See, this Bible verse is assuming that your faith is in God. But if your faith is in another person, if, if all your faith is in yourself, if your faith is in a politician, in a doctor, in a pastor, in a boss, in a parent then you can't be assured that the things you hoped for are going to be revealed because they're mortal. So our faith has to be in God. Now, that doesn't mean I, have faith, I don't have faith in people that I love, but I also know I have history with them. And so the more history I have, hopefully the more my faith in them will grow. If they are living the life that is one to be admired, then yes, my faith grows. If not, 
then I'm going to have what we call compartmentalized or sporadic faith. It means that I have faith in you in this area, but not in this area. So I have faith in you to maybe go to work, make a lot of money, but I don't have faith in how you manage your finances. So this is important when we're thinking about wanting to have positive feelings with the people that we love and positive feelings toward ourselves. Do you have faith in yourself? Do you have faith that you will follow through? Are you doing behaviors that cause you to have faith in yourself? So what I want you to think about is this whole emotional baggage issue, okay? I know you've heard that term before. And, you know, emotional baggage is one of the things that people oftentimes come to me in order to eradicate. So what really is emotional baggage? Well, like we said in that little devotion, it's the leftover effect of a painful occurrence in which we attribute certain meaning, we create a story about it, it's a wound, it's a scar, but it still has energy. So even if the event is over, and maybe it's been over for 10 years, maybe it happened 20 years ago, maybe it happened when I was a child, but for some reason, it still has energy. It's unresolved. And so just like your luggage, when it's stuffed in there, all you have to do is... One little click, and the thing pops open, and all the stuff starts to fly out. Well, that's kind of what a trigger is like when it's an emotional trigger. It's a reflex. It's like I'm holding this all together and using so much energy for it to not come out that it just takes one little click, one trigger, and it all comes flying out. And it usually comes flying out in a time that is not really very appropriate. And so... This is really important when you think about any event, emotional interactions, a smell, a gesture, a place, a word choice, a tone of voice. These all can be triggers, which causes me to reflex, to withdraw, to avoid, shut down, or to act out aggressively in defense. So this is where we want to make sure that, okay, God, wow, am I carrying around emotional baggage that isn't actually dead. It's actually got energy. It's alive. And not only that, sometimes we find that the emotional baggage isn't even true. And, and I tell a story to my clients many times when I was growing up about this experience I had with my family when we were driving to Denver for Christmas. We would do this every year. And we lived in Tempe. And so our parents would get us up at three o'clock in the morning. They would fold all the seats down in the you know, Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser station wagon, right? And we would all sleep until, you know, maybe about 7 o'clock in the morning where my parents had been driving for, you know, five hours. Well, this one, this one evening when we did this, we were driving, and it was probably maybe 5 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, and we were around Holbrook, Arizona. And I'm this little girl. I'm six years old, six, seven years old. And I wake up because my father had pulled over to the side of the road. Well, it was snowing. There was like, you know, all these flurries of snowflakes and it was freezing cold outside. And my dad had pulled over because there was a car that was pulled over and there was a woman standing out in front of the car. And so he pulled over and and I'm watching him walk out and check this out. So he goes and talks to the woman and then he goes over to the car and he looks in the car and he 
you know, I don't know what he did, but then he comes back out and he walks past the woman, gets in our car and we drive away. And I see this woman bawling her head off with her hands on her face, crying as we drive away. And for years, I thought, my father was not feeling. He didn't care about people. How could he just drive away from this woman in the dark, crying? So I asked my father about it, maybe when I was in my late 30s. I said, you know, Dad, do you remember that? And he goes, oh, yes. I said, why did you drive away? He said, oh, he goes, they were both drunk. He goes, so I hid the car keys in the car and shut the car door and and knew that woman wasn't going anywhere and she can go, you know, sit in the car. And so they were fine. But see, that's an adult perspective. So for years, I had misinformation and a judgment about my father because I didn't know. I saw it through the eyes of a child. So it's important for me with God that I recognize that I'm his child. And he says, you know, you're seeing this, Cynthia, through the eyes of a child not through my eyes. Do you trust me or not? That's what it comes down to. Do I trust my dad or not? And this is why it's so important when we take advantage of time and we make sure that we say, you know, I don't know if I have all the information. I don't know if I have all the facts. And so we also have to take into consideration that sometimes we do the opposite. We don't want to know the facts. We don't want to know what is true because we like the feelings we have about whatever it is that we've decided that person or event or place is. And we don't want to know the facts. So maybe we don't want to know the facts about different uh, celebrities. We don't want to know the facts about different politicians. We don't want to know the facts about different pastors. We just want to believe what we believe and feel good about it, right? So think about these things this week. Think about, where am I applying the facts? Am I misapplying them? Am I using them to judge people? Am I only believing the facts? Am I only believing my feelings? This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Have a blessed week. I look so forward to talking to you next Sunday. We hope this past hour has been encouraging motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version.